Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast, part of the Repurpose Network, where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, and what we do, we talk to real people, pastors, leaders, engineers, tech people, manufacturers, worship leaders, all about church, technology, and provide solutions for a successful Sunday morning service. You ready? It's time to take a ride. Let's go. Yes! Yes, welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Prentice Thompson. And you know, I always like when you guys applaud, even though I, even though I, I created it myself. I make myself feel good. And I and, and hopefully you're clapping along. Hopefully you're not driving. Don't do not do this when you're driving. On a treadmill, yeah, if you, if you got good balance, you, you can clap. But otherwise, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. We got a great show today. I always say that, right? Did I say that again? Let me say it again. We got a great, great show today. And I have a great guest. And so you won't be hearing my voice alone today. Some of you are probably saying, like, this guy can really, really talk. And so get used to it. And so today we're going to talk about content creation and why and how that applies. So important. I'm pretty sure that everyone here has Instagram. Um, my, my guest, my guest is an is a avid LinkedIn <laughs> enthusiast. <laughs> avid LinkedIn enthusiast and so I want to bring to the program right away Alicia Headley she is business development multimedia journalist content creator she's the host of the crash pad welcome to the show hey Prentice thank you for having me man I'm so glad we met not too long ago yeah, I love the vibe of your show. The music is jamming. It's always it's good vibe. So I'm happy to be here. You know, the crazy thing is that you know, being in the MI industry, you'll get this immediately. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this very succinctly. You right. don't see many of us. True, true. There it is. There and, it is. And, and those of you who don't understand what, we, what we're saying, go to the YouTube channel. <laughs> And just look at the screen. Right. And just, just look pay at the attention. screen. Look at the screen. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, I thank you. Because you're you're a, a woman who wears many hats. Um yes. and the funny thing, I'm on your LinkedIn page, right? And I and I watched this video. And then you know how you go to mutual friends. And I found some yep. four or five people that I know personally that we know. Mm-hmm. Nice. Man, there's always a connection. Tim Brown. It's always a link up. Yeah, Tim Shout Brown. Out to Tim. Tim Brown hired me as Sam Ash back in the day. Man, the, the industry is small. Yeah. You know, it's small. But once you know the right people network and that's how yeah. we evolve, that's how we, you know, lift each other up. Right. I remember it like I remember walking into Sam Ash and him handing me a quiz. Like I just happened to walk in <laughs> off the street and he handed right. me a quiz and he was like, uh, this guy said you know a lot of stuff. I was talking about a customer. The customer told him. This guy knows a lot of stuff. He handed me a piece of paper. I took the test. He hired me. And that's how I got in this business. Hey, it changed the game. Opportunity it, is everywhere. As long as you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. You was ready in that it moment. Is. There <laughs> it is. There it is. So tell me, how did you get into this crazy business that we're in? Uh, What's the journey? I guess the journey started in church for me, like many people you probably have on this show, right? My dad was a pastor. Wow. Before that, before he took over a church, he was the sound guy. 
So when he was moving up, I was like, well, hey, teach me the board. And at this time, I don't even know what brand it was, but it was like, you know, those box boards mm-hmm. where you just had a bunch of knobs and it was like this fuzzy black boxing on the back. <laughs> it was just weird. Right. But that was technically like my first encounter with sound. And when, I mean, it started off small. It was like us and family. And then by the time maybe between the ages of like 13 to 16, we didn't have necessarily a mega church, but we had a good sized church where we were doing full production, right? We were we were streaming, we were doing CDs, cassettes, all of that evolved. We were doing projection. So that's really where it started. At one point in time, we didn't even have musicians. So it was just like me and Cubase ramping my dad up. You know, my dad and him, yeah, and I'm in there pressing a button and he's hollering, I'm pressing another button. And then next thing you know, I had a full loop of shouting music and we was getting it boy i'm telling you oh wow <laughs> like, like, talk about so using what you have yeah so we had to use what we had you know and we grew from there um and then when we left the area where i'm originally from which is connecticut uh we moved down to houston texas and he didn't necessarily start a church right away so the church we were going to i was like hey man you know i've been doing this in my life and all of this stuff and the dude asked me if i went to school and i'm like school like what you even talking about? Like, I didn't even know you could go to school for audio engineering. So that's when like something had hit me. So I got online. Um, and at that time it was basically art Institute full sale. And then I found another smaller school, which was media tech Institute. It was cheaper. It was a little bit easier on me and my parents pockets. It's a one year certification. Uh, I went there, did my thing, but it really had got me into music because you had to find people to record. Right. And, you know, so I started a publishing company. I started a label Long story short, everybody started having children. You know, we couldn't do the $50 freestyles. You know, like nobody was making any money. So I sold my publishing company and back to the drawing board. Got on the internet, just Googled audio engineering or at the time Craigslist. I got on Craigslist, typed in audio engineering. Mm. And then that's what led me into, I guess, a more traditional sense of audio and visual technology because I started working in hotels. Right. Right. So I always knew I wanted to be in live because that was my bread and butter, like in church, you created an experience. Right. And after music died, I was like, well, maybe I could be the front of house tour for Beyonce or somebody. I don't know. But <laughs> when I started working hotels, I quickly found out that I do not like load ins and load outs. Right. Ooh, like man. I was doing the grunt work before they would even let me touch the board. It was like a let year me, before let they me even say let me touch amen the board. for you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, OK, maybe I can get an in-house position. And then that's that's what really took it to the next level. I ended up getting a um, an in house AV position at a multi purpose facility, and it was full time. It was about eight full time people, but we had a stadium, an arena, a conference center, and a theater. So every day I was doing something new, whether it was digital signage, directing a football game, uh, doing camera work for a football game, audio. Uh, theater lights for a nutcracker play. We had a church that would come in and out of that facility too every Sunday morning. So it was just a lot going on. And I realized, okay, well, I'm doing a lot of cool stuff. Why don't I just share this on my social media instead of talking smack with my friends all day on there? Let's see (laughs) if I can use this to propel my career because I hit a pay cap, like I hit a pay Gap or cap, I should say. I was never going to be my boss in like the next 10, 15 years, right? Gotcha. So I was like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) So I started talking about what I was doing, putting myself out there, going to events and creating content. And I created content very differently from what other people were doing. So uh, it just 
it just grew into like this snowball effect of putting myself out there to try and have to introduce myself less and create more opportunities to grow my career. Got you. So that's pretty, that's the short version of the journey. <laughs> that, that was a winding road. It was a, yeah. Gotta figure it out. <laughs> what, what, what I kind of hear is, is that through you sharing your experiences on social media, presented opportunities that were coming your way because you were sharing your experiences. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of journalists, um, especially in this space, they were maybe in the industry at one point, uh, but I was leveraging kind of becoming a journalist and leveraging my technical background. Like, hey, I'm not just saying, look at this new product because such and such has an ad in a publication or whatever, right? I'm saying, look at this and how cool it is because I use it and it helped me in my daily workflow. Right. So I was able to talk the tech, but I also was able to present it in a, in a different um, kind of informal content kind of way to where mm -hmm. it was just adding value. Adding value is probably the most important thing that people don't realize what, what, what content creation is. Um, how would you define, if you had to define content creation, what, what would you say it is? Mm, if I had to define content creation, um, I guess if we're talking on the broad, broad scope of, of everything, right, just anybody who's listening, content creation is basically how you tell your story. And that could be your own personal story. It could be the story of a company you, you work for. It could be the story of something you love to eat, right? We all love foodies. I love foodies. <laughs> and that's kind of what I tried to make my content around right foodie videos are exciting people like watching those just like travel vlogs but it has to be authentic to you uh, so whatever you're putting out to the world that's a form of content creation and i look at it as we are the content mm. right so share your story and then that becomes the content that's content creation so when somebody comes to you and say you know i need some assistance with social media or content creation, which is kind of like the buzzword of, of the day, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm a content creator. Like, what does that mean? You got a phone? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Does, exactly. Is does that, does that, was that, is that what it means? Is that the criteria? Like, so what, what are the normal steps that I guess question that you ask someone who would like to utilize you in that, in that, in that format? Yeah. My first question is always, what's the mission? What's the plan? What's the strategy? Like, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to put content out for the sake of content? Because that never really works, right? Unless you're doing something that is a very broad scope, like the hot sauce challenge. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that's <laughs> people just like watching <laughs> that, right? But I'm not really sure what the goal was, but that company is making money, right? They knew what their goal was. So with content, when people come to me and ask for help, it's like, all right, what is the end goal? Let's work backwards of what you're trying to accomplish. And then that tells me where they're at. Like, okay, should I get involved or are they not there yet? Right. Mm. Um, everything that I've done as far as content creation has been very strategic and done over a lot of years. So the first thing I'm asking is what's the mission? What are your pillars, right? What are the three things you want to talk about within this scope of content? And then how do you want to do it? Because everybody isn't comfortable being on camera. Everybody isn't comfortable writing. You know, everybody isn't comfortable doing a podcast. So what form of, of, of train are you going to use to, to push this content forward? Right. Um, and then what's your major channels, right? Social has to be wrapped up into this strategy. Um, and if somebody tells me Facebook nine times out of 10, I'm out. Like <laughs> I, I get that Facebook is extremely powerful for a lot of people, but ever since my parents got on Facebook, I, 
Oh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. He's like, so, he's like Facebook is the is is the misnomer. Like, yeah, you I'm just, not, I'm you not just removed yourself from the conversation. Yeah, but see that, and that was a long time ago when I used social media differently, just on there talking smack, saying you know whatever, right? Um, so it's like, nah, I never just got back to Facebook for some reason. That's funny. It's funny you, you say that <laughs> about your family because my older brother, like ever since he found Facebook. Yeah. It is like every day. It's like every him, day. him everywhere. Hey, I'm walking. Hey, Man, look, I'm, I'm outside. You, there's oh, a group of people, like a generation, actually, I feel like, that loves Facebook. I bet you everybody's parents has a Facebook. My mother-in-law, like, comments on stuff on Facebook. And I'm like, <laughs> is the, you know, the funny thing about, I know we, this is a detour, but the funny no, thing about, about Facebook with older folk is that they think they're talking to real people. They so, really do. So they my really mother, do. my mother-in-law, I went, I went to her house and she's talking to my wife and she's like, yeah, I, I, I was talking, I, I commented with William. <laughs> it was like, who's William? You know, William, the guy on, on, on he was on your thing and you know, he's going through a tough time. And, uh, and I'm like, exactly. and I'm like, but you don't even know who this person is. What are you talking exactly. About? Yes, I sent them some hearts. I'm out. My grandmother is on Facebook. My grandfather is on Facebook. You know, that's more of like a, um, if I was ever to go back to Facebook, it'd probably be more for the, the personal family aspect. Cause right. my family, we're all over the place. Right. Um, but at the same time, I could just pick up my cell phone and just give it a call. You know, <laughs> I don't want to talk to my grandma on Facebook. You know, <laughs> you like, I I, yeah, you know, it, you know the funny thing is, it's 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 even the etiquette. So I remember, I know we're way off, but I remember because no, no. it's so funny. I remember my older brother responding to something and then putting his phone number in the comments. <laughs> and so I call him. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I just needed to make sure that you had my number." <laughs> you know i have your number but why would you leave it in the comments like you that's a messenger thing or just text me he was like so everybody saw it <laughs> exactly yeah, everybody exactly. saw it everybody has your number why don't you just go delete that you can delete it i'm like okay like you said mm-hmm. i'm out <laughs> Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. But like I said, for some people, it's a really good space, right? There are a lot of good groups that you can utilize, right? Yes. So if Facebook is your jam, then let it be your jam. Find the right groups, find the right community, and Annie up there, right? But for me, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That is so apropos. So inside inside of the inside of the box of, I guess platforms. What do you, mm-hmm. what do you what do you what do you say is the most effective? I guess it would be depending on the business. Is that depending the on the say business, it? yeah, definitely depending on the business. At one point for me, it was Twitter, right? And then a shift came, and it was LinkedIn. And I realized that LinkedIn is the best platform for people who are in B two B industries, mm. right? It just it just operates differently. And out of all the social platforms, it has less noise, right? Because usually people don't use LinkedIn unless they're looking for a job, mm. but if you utilize it like any other social platform, of, of course, leaving the politics aside, you can actually get further 
um, in my opinion, in possibly a shorter amount of time. Mm. That's just, I never thought of it noise. that way. I never thought yeah. of it that way. It's less noise. And everybody's not posting there every day, showing their kids, showing their mamas. You know, like it's it's just less noise. And Twitter is very fast, right? That's a shorter format. So people are posting hundreds of times a day, right? It's just LinkedIn is just a place where it's, I feel it's a little bit more balanced. Gotcha. Because half of the people don't even use it properly. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, and a lot of it is like you you have real connections, more real connections on LinkedIn exactly. than you would have on, I would probably say on any other platform because usually everyone's opinion, there yeah. for a reason, not yep. just because it's popular. And for a business reason too, right? Everybody's on some platform for a reason, whether it's to talk to your mom, whether it's to create reels, whatever the case is. Uh, but LinkedIn is the place where, you know, everybody's there for business, no right. matter what. Right. Right, right. So what are what are the common roadblocks that you run into other than um you're out on Facebook? So <laughs> <laughs> uh roadblocks what when it comes to like creating content? I say I would say roadblocks when getting people to understand. Um oh. that is the roadblock, right? Mm. I just stopped trying to force it on people. <laughs> I just stopped trying to force it on people. Now I um now I could be into the point to where I could be select selective on which brands I work with. Um, one, because I do have a day job, right? Mm. So it's not like this is a full-time gig. Right. And two, um, I'm very, it's a part of the strategy, right? Um, does this brand align with my vision? Does this brand, uh, do we, you know, do our missions align in some form or fashion? Does it have a personal connection to me, right? Uh, that's something that's in particular because when I'm passionate about something, that just shows. I don't have to force it to be like, oh, check this out because this person paid me like no check this out because it has impacted my life in some form or fashion and it can also impact a lot of people like us where we come from right. if they know about this too so really that's that's always my main focus but if i had to say something that's a challenge not necessarily a roadblock is um being able to stay consistent with the creating the content right that's that's a challenge that people aren't really aware of they say oh alicia you're doing so great you just been putting out all this content but you don't know all the back end work that goes on <laughs> to it and i'm sure if people come at you like that too because you you got the swag you got your podcast been running for so long and it's extremely consistent you know what i'm saying so people are always like oh yeah he's got it together but they don't see what what we're doing late night Man. midday on our lunch break or whatever the case is right they, they're not seeing all of that so no. um that's something that people should be mindful of and that's why it's important to pick one platform, pick your three pillars that you're going to talk about. So that way you're not always like, you know, flapping around, trying right. to bring things together, right. you know, right. um, you have, you give yourself more of a structure if you know exactly what you're talking about and exactly who you're trying to talk to. Um, but I'm kind of past the point of getting people to understand why content is important. It's like, all right, you don't get it yet. You'll be back three years later when you see what I've done. And that's exactly right. what's happened. Right. You right. didn't get it. You didn't get it at that time. But now you want to now you want to work. Well, all right. Yesterday's price is not, not the same. So, that, <laughs> yeah. Thank so thank you, Fat Joe. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but it's, it's part of the journey. You invest in yourself. Other people see that and then they want to be a part of it. Like, it's just like a it's just like a, a wildfire. It spreads over time. Right. If you stay with it. So when you assess like because. 
I, you know, when you start, when you start using social media, I mean, like mm-hmm. all of us, it was kind of like the wild, wild west. Like you said, like oh, Twitter yeah. was like the fast thing. And then Instagram came, then Vine came and then, you know, then stories came and then, you know, yeah. now reels of the thing. And so when you look at someone's page and what are you looking for prior to saying like, oh, let me check you out and see if I want to mm-hmm. work with you. What are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for their story. Can they clearly define their story? Um, I'm also looking for um, vision, right? Like just all around creativity or is that going to be something that's going to be heavy lifting for me to do? Is that Mm. why you're calling me? Because that's the heavy lifting you want me to do, right? Um, I'm assessing it that way. And then I'm also looking at engagement. Like a lot of people look at social and they go, oh, what's the follower count, right? I don't care about following count. Like, even there, you can read all these blogs out there about influencers, but still micro influencers are still one of the most powerful people in the world because they have the most engagement, not because they have the most followers. Mm-hmm. So um, engagement is always something that I'm looking at because I don't have a, I don't have a lot of followers. You know, I, I'm I've in the grand scheme of things, I'm considered a micro influencer and that's OK. Right. I just want that engagement because that's where you get the interaction and connecting with people. And I think that's what all of this is about anyways, right? Touching people. I know that I'm not going to have any children in my lifetime. So my legacy is touching people, right? And affecting people. So that engagement is extremely valuable, not only to me as a person, but to brands, right? Right. That's why they hire me. They see that engagement because anybody could post all day and get so many likes or whatever, or have so many followers, but if there's no engagement, then what's the point? Right. So how would you define, like I I had this conversation with, with someone maybe a few months ago when it applies to churches and brands and mm-hmm. people, this person was, you know, old school. He said, I don't know. No, we have Kellogg's and uh, we got oatmeal. That's a brand. And then we got, then uh, <laughs> we got Cheerio, Cheerio. That's a, that's a brand. And I got a honey Cheerio. That's real good. You know, that, 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 that yep. real good right there. <laughs> now when it comes to the church, church ain't no brand boy. What the church is is a church, and I'm trying to explain to this to this to this elderly gentleman, mm-hmm. sir, what you put out there is your brand. Mm-hmm. So I said, who like who's your demo? Mm-hmm. Now we had demolition in the in the kitchen in the back there one time, and um, they took out the sink and uh, I'm like, no, no, sir, your demographic. So so what do you say? To that, mm-hmm. for other than other than other than kick them to the curb because you know they're on Facebook. Other than that, mm-hmm. like what? <laughs> what do you say? You know what? I I dealt with that a lot, especially being a consultant in the house of worship space, mm. right? People, because uh, churches, right? We deal with a lot of volunteers. We deal with people who don't necessarily understand the technology. So that is definitely a pain point of trying to speak in layman's terms when you're trying to get people to buy into something. Right. Um, from a brand perspective, they're never going to look at it that way. You have to find out what's important to them, right? Is it getting more views on their social streams? Is it uh, getting more ties and offering? Like we we got to talk about it. it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? If there's more viewers online, that's more people in pews and in seats, and then ultimately that's more ties and offering, right? Right. Um, that's 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 expanding your congregation. That's you touching more people with the word of God. Okay, so instead of approaching it as a brand, you have to talk to them in the way they understand it. 
Like you want a larger congregation, right? This is how we do this. This is how we obtain this. And these are the technology pieces we need to put in place so you can continue to spread the word of God to the masses, right? They are never going to get brand unless they're a younger a younger pastor, right? Yes, um, I agree. They're never going to get brand. They're never going to get any of that. Uh, so for the older generation, it's talking their talk, honestly, right? You could spend all day trying to tell them about the brand, about the brand and all of this. <laughs> um in, in the older generation, I want to commend you is, for holding your okay. laugh because I, I thought I was going to leave. I, I, I thought I almost had you. I, I, I thought I said, I think I no, almost No, had no, no, no. That sounded like my uncle. Uh-uh. He, you ain't about to get me caught up. He called me asking why I'm laughing at him on the church, the church sound podcast. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, you know, it's, it was a little too close to home. I didn't know if he was talking about my folks or not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's all about perception and how you present those ideas to them, right? You have to figure out what what pulls at their heartstrings, right? And God is always at the heartstring. Okay, so the word of God, how are we spreading that? This is how we can do that, Pastor. Right. right. Um, but when you get into the younger generations, of course, like like um, are you familiar with Think Media? Yes. Though so, I mean, those guys, they're they're all church people. And what they've done is pretty amazing because now that everybody is tied into them because they've added so much value, people who aren't even Christian or religious watch them now. Mm -hmm. And now they're telling church, now they're consulting churches on how to build a brand or build an audience or spread the word of God further. Right. Right. Um, So it really just depends on the demographic of, of who, you know, your pastor or the pastor that you're working with is trying to touch. Right. That it depends on their perspective. I, I kind of tie it back to, you know, you understanding uh, church culture. One, that's one thing. Yeah. You understanding um, technology at, at, on a whole, and then mm-hmm. understanding specifically social media and how to to garner an audience based around the message. How yeah. do you look at it from like color schemes or? Like, how do you look at it in, in, in that in that way? Because a lot of times people don't understand that color really plays a big part mm-hmm. in that. Uh, that took me a long time to figure out, to be honest with you. Uh, just the colors, right? Like a color pattern, right? And trying to figure out how to brand that. But I tell people, don't dwell on that at first. It'll come to you as you grow into what the brand actually should be and you want it to be, Right. Um, at first, if you're starting off, do not dwell on that. It'll come. It, it'll come because I spent a lot of time paying people for logos, paying people for this. And honestly, what it ended up being was me getting on Canva with some with some font and changing some colors here and there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be this full blown thing. It comes in time. Um, and I think a lot of people just overthink that. Right. They're like, oh, my brand, my brand, my brand. Okay. Your brand isn't the logo, though. The brand is you. So, what's the message? Right. The message is more important than a color scheme or the branding that right. comes in time. But if you don't start, then everything, then nothing happens. Right. right. So, start, build it, then that will come naturally. Um, and that just happened to me about a year ago. Right. I went back and forth for what my podcast should look like. What, you know, should I put my face on it? Should I not put my face on it? And then I realized 90 percent of the time, if my face is on it, it gets over 100 percent engagement. If my face is not on it, 
and it doesn't work because people know me as the brand, right? You have to figure out what your audience ties into. You know, right. is it is it is it your face? Is it your color scheme? Is it your logo? That comes over time. I mean, like Gary V. Like we know the Gary V logo, but we don't know his company's logo. Most people, if they seen his company logo branded on something, they wouldn't even know what it is. I they, guarantee they wouldn't know he. Had, yeah. Right. <laughs> they, right. Wouldn't, they wouldn't know that that was you know, Gary V was involved with this. This is his company. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it comes over time. It is a harder part of the process, but I think the more you, what I did was I learned myself more, like I'm learning myself every day and, and working on my personal growth, which aligns with my career growth, which aligns with my brand growth. And then it all starts coming together. Um, so, right. Don't do a lot of that small stuff. Don't go spend hundreds and thousands of dollars at first. You got to build it. And then when you really hone it and start to know what it really is, then you're like, all right, you know what? This color green, I think I like that. I think that's rocking with me, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. a process. You know, the thing is, like you said something earlier about like people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes, like late mm -hmm. nights and early mornings, like we're doing now, um, mm -hmm. what goes on to create the content and the sacrifice you make yeah. to be consistent. Cause it's a sacrifice to be, to be consistent. You know, my show goes up on Tuesday and Friday. You cool so with my, it too. You cool with it. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even there yet. You know what I'm saying? You cool with it. It's a level of consistency. And, you know, it's, it, you have to, and I say this to people like, cause you know, you get podcasters who will say, Hey man, I love what you do. And mm -hmm. how can I do it? And my, my first response is, can you do a hundred shows in a row? Mm -hmm. If you can't do a hundred shows in a row, then stop talking to me. Yep. That, you, and that's real. If you can't do that. And then I had, and, and this is actually my, my brother said this to me, my younger brother, he was like, a hundred shows. I said, right there. You already, you already know. You can just stop talking to me. I'm about to go get something to eat. So this right. is stop talking to me because you but that's already. A stat. That's a stat, yeah. right? They say most podcasters don't make it past either the 35 mark. And then the rest of them usually don't make it past the hundred episode mark. So you're right. If you can't do that, if you're not willing to even invest in that, then you're not willing to see it through because it takes at least a hundred just to get yeah. settled. <laughs> like yeah. just to get settled. Yeah. That's the truth. Because I yep. look at I look at downloads and you know, you think like, oh, this show is gonna get a lot of downloads. And then right. you look at your your library, you go like, huh? Yeah. You look at a show from like three two years ago, and like, huh? People still listen mm -hmm. to that show? And you get a bunch of downloads from certain region. You're like, how did that? But that's that's where the hundred episodes come in because right. it's called catalog. Yep. You're building exactly. a catalog You're of building. content. You're building. Yeah. And that's that's what people don't want to do. You know, they, they look at you. They look at people like me. They look at other people on the internet and they want that instantly, like that instant gratification. But people don't know how long uh, this, it, these, these sweat, yeah. blood, and tears yes. have gone into this. There's been yes. some days where I'm just crying really to like be like, forget all of this. You know, <laughs> forget all of it. Yes. Um, but can't quit, you know. Um if you quit, it's over. Exactly. It's completely over. It's completely over. <laughs> so there's no such it's thing as that. Over. Exactly. So persistence for sure. Persistent. You know, persistence. You got to make up your mind about it too. Yes. And I also find that even when, I, even when I'm talking to churches, um, it's the level of commitment 
that you're looking from just yeah. just just in a conversation you know just in an in initial conversation like what do you want what, what what's your end goal you know mm-hmm. when do when do you want to reach this goal you know um say june okay so what do you want to see happen in june okay and you said something earlier like work backwards and i and I, i'm a firm proponent of that like you work backwards okay this is the goal okay let's talk let's talk about let's work back to the steps to this date right on the on the cookie crumbs that need to happen for this end result end result to happen and a, a lot of times i can't say a lot of times i say in the comp- some some competitions i've had is that they were not willing to have that type of conversation on the details of the steps and then which kind of led me to believe that you weren't that you really you're really not serious you thought it was just add water and stir it up right 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 and i mean this goes to kind of a conversation we had off the call but even like strategy is extremely important to me in every single aspect of my life because that's how i've that's how i've built you know my platform to what it is today so if you say okay this is the job this is you know what we want to do, but there's no strategy, there's no direction, then that lets me know, okay, all right, we need, I need to get somewhere else. We need to figure something out or find some different clients, find some different teams to work with that know what they want to do, because that's the people I can get with. I can help you get there. (laughs) But if you don't have any strategy, I'm not going to make it for you because I'm too busy working on my own strategy. Everybody's (laughs) got their own stuff going on. Like, I'm not going to build their strategy for you. Mm -hmm. You have to... And that was something that I struggled with early on, especially when I was in music. I, w- I see the potential in things. And it's like, man, if this person just wanted it as bad as I wanted it for them, they might be successful. And then I've realized I was wasting all my time pouring into other people and then my cup was empty. And then that's when I was like, all right, I'm an audio engineer. I don't have any artists. What can I do? The churches pay decent, right? But this isn't, I can't live my life like this. I'm not going to be able to sustain, right? I'm empty. And then that's when I found the industry, right? It was like, okay, well, I can be an AV sales engineer at this company. I could be in business development at this company, right? And still be in audio, even though I don't run a board every day. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the audio field. So sometimes it's just a pivot too, you know, like, all right, this isn't working out. These people don't want it as bad as I do. All right. right, How do I pivot in my own lane and still make this work? And still maintain your authenticity, which you have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Which I I think is, is super cool. Like from the, from the time I I said hi to you, I already knew like immediately it was like kind of immediate, very immediate. Yeah. Yo, I forget home who, who introduced us. I'll say shout out to Jason. Yeah. Jason Jason. introduced us. And I was talking to him. He said, I have somebody you need to meet. (laughs) <laughs> and I was my, like, that's my guy. I was like, okay. I was like, hey, what's up? It was like really immediate. I was like, oh yeah, she cool. I, I definitely yeah, gotta have her. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta talk. Vibe. We gotta vibe. Exactly. So, yeah, and it was so, crazy because I think Jason, you and I might have been like the few people of color at the event. So it was already like we, we were sitting say, there talking um, to our cousins not anyways. A, not <laughs> a, no, no, we rolled back the Rolodex in my mind. I would probably say we are, we were the three musketeers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, that, and that's, that's what it's about. Like I actively want to connect with us in this space. You know what I mean? So we can lift each other's voices up. But as soon as we met, I knew, I knew it was popping. That's why I was like, what's your, what's your information? And I don't, I didn't want to leave not connected to you. Cause I knew 
this was going to happen, whether it was now, three years from now, whatever. I knew this was going to happen. And I mean, that's what it's about. Us staying connected, keep yeah. working yeah. and keep telling our stories. Yeah. You said something really important. And, and, and I, I learned something in our initial conversation. You said really? to me, you said you asked me a question and, 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 and I started to use this. So thank you. You said, <laughs> what is your preferred form of communication? Right, right. What platform are you on LinkedIn? And I was like, yeah. How do you like being text or phone call? Or Yeah, because like- that's, that's important to me. Because if, if I know that this is somebody I want to be connected with, I knew in that moment. I said, all right, this, this is a man I need to know. This is a man I want to continue to know. This is a man that I want to work with in some form or fashion. All right, if that's the case, then I need to know your preferred method. So I can reach out to you the way you want to be reached out to instead of sending you a bunch of emails, never hear back from you right. or writing you on a platform that you don't use. That's a waste of time. Let's get straight to it. How do you want to chop it up? Right. Right. All right. Now we now we're chopping it up. <laughs> right. But that's strategic. So what I'm, what I'm trying to tell the listeners is, is like even in that informal meeting that we had, you were still strategic in the moment so you were you were completely aware so this is what we call a mode of operation this is how you function yeah 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 absolutely that's to be applauded because a lot of people don't see it that way i grabbed it immediately i said oh 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 okay i put the card in my pocket i said oh hmm, taking that one home (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) i mean yeah, you know kevin hart he did a podcast you know or or was it it was either kevin hart or nick cannon you know he said oh what what are you networking for if you're not going to reach out? Like, what's the point of saying, oh, I met so-and-so, I met so-and-so? Like, what is the point of that if we're not going to do any work? Like, networking is the number one pillar of my pillars that I said. I said, everybody needs to have a pillar, right? Networking is my is the top of my triangle, right? That's how I get things done. So, yeah, I, I guess I never noticed it because when I back in high school, I was a point guard, right? I'm always looking at the entire floor. I'm mm, looking at how everything okay. is working out, sense. right? So I've never thought of it asking you that question like, oh, I'm going and being super strategic because I was, I guess I was being, I was being strategic, but I also was being authentic. Like I was being and real. Right. Like, that, that's oh, what I'm I saying. That's you. With you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, yeah. It all works hand in hand, you know. You yeah, keep yeah. It real. I, I, you know, I'm just observant. And I like, <laughs> yeah, I, like I guess to, so. You know, I'm observant, and that's it. Because initially, people, anybody that knows me really well, they will tell you, like, I do not talk this much. Yeah, yeah. Like I put the hat on to deliver the right. information, but if yeah. you're at home with me, I may say five words. Right. Or if someone right. is, if someone's calling to talk to me, they have a reason. To talk to me, mm-hmm. unless you like one right. of my really, really close friends that, that get to be on the phone with me for more than twenty minutes, right, and right. but but that is you earn you earn that space. You know what I mean? Yeah, you earn that yeah. space with me, and that's how I that's how I function. But if I connect with somebody immediately, I think I hit you like the next day. I'm like, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Thanks, good, nice meeting yep. you. Because I knew immediately. I said, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta chop it up with her. Right, exactly. That's what it's about. Networking, you catch that vibe in the moment, right? But the the bread and butter is in the follow up. 
right? People mm. just go and say, oh, I went to this dope event last night. You know, I was at church. We had a good time. I met sister so-and-so. Okay, but are y'all going to go to prayer together? Mm. Are y'all going, you know, like, what? what is the point of meeting great people if you're not going to follow up? Like, the follow-up is extremely important. Like you said, people come to you, they don't have an idea of what they want to do. But the pe- if they were serious, at that moment, say they didn't know what they wanted to do. What they do is they follow up with a strategy. Mm. Right, that's how you know when people are serious in that follow up, right? Because right. I can give out my card all day, whatever. I might not hear from half of those people, mm-hmm. but the people who will follow up are the right people. Right, right. It's, so it's a process. It's a process. So let's let's just bring this home. Yeah. If a church, not a person, a church, okay. a church wanted to utilize social media as a medium mm-hmm. like where would you what's the conversation aside from what we said earlier like on a on a personal mm-hmm. note what would you say um if it's a church coming to me not a person i'm gonna say you need to be on instagram and you need to be on facebook why because there's a lot of church facebook groups right there's a lot of prayer groups there's a lot of uh you know young church people on it right there's all these groups and then instagram you need to be doing reels on there, right? Um, I have never seen church so front and center. Like the Church of Laugh, right? Mm. You got the churchy experience. You've got Kev on stage who is extremely churchy. You know what I'm saying? He's a believer, right? I've never, uh, Chrissy, you know, yeah. Sister Chrissy. Right. You, I have never seen church so on this grand stage. Um, not saying that it will be easy, but it's easier now to get that message out there because it's more acceptable gotcha right people run back in the day like if we had put videos up of people running around falling out like oh gosh you know what i mean like that would have been so like nobody was streaming the shouting part you were only streaming the message right you weren't getting the praise and worship you weren't getting the choir Mm -hmm. you weren't getting all of that but now because everything is right here Mm -hmm. you computer in your pocket (laughs) computer in your pocket like now that it has everything right there, you need to be on these platforms because you know why? If I see something exciting that happened at your church, I don't even care if it was you showing me that the pastor fell off the pew. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And if that's in my city, I'm going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going. Like, like, everything, even things that you might perceive as like, oh, we don't need to show that to the world. You know, pastor fell. That's not funny. Hey. It might bring, it might flock people to you that need to hear what you have to say. It might change their heart and their relationships with God, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, if this is a church coming to me saying they want to get on social media, um, again, I'm going to ask the why, but if they know the why and the, you know, the how, who's going to do it, then I'm telling them to get on Instagram or Facebook. Amazing. So what, how can people get, get at you? Yeah, if you want to get at me, it's at the smooth factor. Nobody else has that at name. If you Google <laughs> at the smooth factor, you'll find me. My website, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of that. But I guess if you're on social media and you do utilize LinkedIn, write me a LinkedIn message. That's like sending me a text message because I'm on that thing all day. <laughs> uh, uh, and and I and, and and I'm a witness. I can attest to this. I can I can I, I can attest to this. And so all information will be in the show notes. Make sure you make sure you go there, click it, share, do what you got to do. Um, she's there 
for service to help you yeah, move up. move things forward for your ministry, for your person, whatever it is that you're that you're trying to do. Um, I believe in connecting people, and so this is our first connection of many. Um, that we, we we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. But before we get out of here, I have this segment called Thirty Seconds and Gone. Here we go. 30 seconds going true false. Yes, no questions. Are you ready? We ready. Question number one. What mixer did you learn on? Oh, what mixer did I learn on? Um, oh damn. Look, now you got me cussing on the church sound podcast. <laughs> um I think it was a Midas. It was a Midas. Midas. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, yeah. question number two. What artists are you waiting to drop? What artists are you waiting for to drop? Masego. Okay. Favorite childhood cereal? Favorite childhood cereal? Cap- Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Crunch berries are plain. Plain. No berries. Plain. No, no crunch berries. Okay, there it is. Okay. Question number four. Nike, Adidas, New Balance, or Vans? Nike. Nike. Okay. Last question. Well, I know you watch sports. What's your team? Uh, my team right now is the Clippers. That's where Westbrook is. Ooh, she's <laughs> at the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, my Clipper jersey in the mail right now. She's at the Clippers. Not from VA, the Clippers. <laughs> Not the Clippers. The Clippers. That's right. The Clippers. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs over age, I want to thank my sister Alicia Henley. I said her name right. You said it right. right. I yes, got it, it right. Is. There it is. Yep. There it is. Hey, like, subscribe, review. I'm going to say, like I always say, keep God first in everything you do. we we'll see you next time on the Church Sound Podcast. <laughs>